Welcome back, all listeners, to A Bit of Anything, the podcast that only puts out an episode every six months and keeps you waiting and guessing on when we will be recording again. I am back with Mr. Mister Dan, Mr. Dan the Man Subert. Um, Dan, we've... We've missed a lot since we were able to do our last podcast, and that is yes, we have. partly my fault, and you moved, and all kinds of things happened. So, all hell broke Yes, and- amen. And so, we, we've decided to kind of just look back at this year, and mostly we're going we're gonna to talk about, we're going to start off the show talking about... Um, Antonio Brown and the saga that he has created since the last time we were on the podcast. If you remember back to that episode, the Raiders had just acquired him. I'm pretty sure that Hard Knocks wasn't even released yet at that point. And boy, oh boy, was there some drama that happened with that whole saga and we will go through that leading up to the time of which he was released uh, from a certain incarceration today. And then we're going to talk about the Super Bowl matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the awful, hated division rival, for me anyways, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we are going to... I guess we'll, we haven't talked about it, so we're going to be surprised by what, you, by what each other has to say, uh, if that makes sense. So we'll be surprised. Um, and we'll go, we'll go to there. We're going to try and keep it kind of short. It's late tonight. And, uh, so yeah, we're going to go from there. Dan has been so gracious as to kind of look up the whole timeline saga. He's going to tell his story as being a Steelers fan, which is interesting. And then I'm going to tell my version of the story from being a Raiders fan. Then we'll kind of combine and and collaborate to watch this, uh, well, not dreaded, this downfall of a man who was on a career path to a... A highly storied career, really. And then he's watched it all burn to the ground in a matter of, I don't know, four or five months. That's, it took like three weeks and now it's gone and it just keeps spiraling more and more and more out of control. So, um, Dan, I will let you take it away from the beginning of time when Mr. Mr. Uh, Antonio Brown was drafted in the sixth round, right? Out of Central Michigan by the yes, uh, right. by the Steelers. dreaded Steelers. The dreaded Steelers. Everybody's dreaded for you, aren't they? Absolutely. Especially <laughs> um, the Steelers and the Chiefs. The Steelers-Raiders Steelers rivalry Chiefs. goes back and is very bitter. Um, but I guess if, uh, if the Raiders players of old and the and the Steelers players of old can get over it and be friends, then we can also be friends in this quest to uh, see what in the heck happened with Antonio Brown. Sounds good. So Antonio Brown was drafted in 2010 in the sixth round. He signed a three-year deal. And as a lot of Steelers fans will remember, 
in the 2012 season, the Steelers were looking to sign Mike Wallace to a long-term extension. He was going to be a free agent the next year, but Mike Wallace didn't want to sign their offer. He thought he could get more on the open market. So the Steelers turned around and offered the offer that they had for Mike Wallace to Antonio Brown. He accepted it. So it was a five-year, $42.5 million contract extension. He still had a year left on his rookie deal. A lot of Steelers fans were wondering about that. How smart of a move is it? Um, but then, of course, Antonio Brown went on to have, I don't know, an all-time span of five seasons, six seasons. I mean, if he had, if he could have extended that for 12 years, he might be in the conversation of beating Jerry Rice's records. That's how much production this kid was putting yep. out. Um, but then, of course, what happened in 2017 is the Steelers decided – they were going to extend him, so they gave him a four-year extension worth $68 million, $19 million guaranteed, and started to become evident that year a little bit that Antonio Brown had some more pull. But then I remember going into the 2018 season, his last season with the team, you know, he's in training camp taking selfies with the fans. He had a quad injury and was out for a bit of training camp, but then it didn't seem to bother him ever again. So in my opinion, that quad injury was fabricated. He just decided to leave. Um, but then towards the end of the season, he was getting frustrated with the way that Juju Smith-Schuster was building as a number two receiver in their offense. And then right around the time the team voted Juju Smith-Schuster, the team MVP, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger had an argument in a practice, and apparently Antonio Brown threw a football at Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> left. He, uh, I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday, he left, didn't come back for the rest of the week, showed up Sunday, thought he was going to play. They benched him, Tomlin didn't told they? Him, no, Tomlin told him, no, you're not playing. So he stayed for the first half in some stupid fur coat, and then he left at halftime. But... From his perspective, from what I've heard, is that Ben there was a game against the Broncos. Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception to the defensive lineman on one of the last plays of the game, and they lost. And apparently Ben Roethlisberger has a radio show, and he's – let's just put this out there. Ben Roethlisberger is kind of a jackass. <laughs> I'll say it. he's He's kind of a jackass. So he is uh, talking trash about Antonio Brown, so I'm sure that that didn't help. There was – some comment on social media at the beginning of 2018 season and Antonio Brown's response was, if you want to find out, trade me. It was something to the effect of like, he's so lucky that he's played with Ben his whole career. So this stuff was brewing. Um, as soon as he sat out that game, you knew for a fact that the Steelers were going to trade him. Stupidly, they kind of came out and said they were going to trade him. Like, we're going to get rid of him. They're not just going to shop and see if they can catch anybody off guard to get a good deal. They're going to tell everybody that it has to be traded. That's like fucking Bush telling the Iraqis that he's going to invade so that Saddam Hussein can run away. Like, I'll give you a few days head start and I'm going to come <laughs> find you. So, so Antonio Brown decided the best way to show that he was serious about getting traded was having a blonde mustache. That will go down in history as the worst attempt to set a trend ever. Um, and then, yeah, so he met with Art Rooney, and Art Rooney decided to trade him to Oakland. And uh, my perspective of him being traded, period, is that he wasted 
what definitely would have been a Hall of Fame career. He would have had, I mean, this is just if he stayed with the Steelers, not if even if anything else had happened after that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about if his, if his career had stayed with the Steelers, you know, he had 15 touchdowns in 2018. That was the highest he's ever had. But they were definitely forcing the ball to him. But, I mean, if he stayed, played four, five, six more years, he could be an all-time great. He'd be a Hall of Famer. If you stay with one team your whole career, that really kind of builds your aura with that city. He would be a Pittsburgh Steeler for life. People would worship him, you know. But uh, I don't think he thought about any of that. And then he got traded to Oakland. So, now. When he got I, traded to Oakland for a third and a fifth round pick, many, including myself, thought, we just got a steal. And I think on the surface, if you didn't look at the history of, of Antonio Brown and his antics in in Pittsburgh, I, I'm i going to be downright honest. I didn't want to. I didn't want the Raiders to trade for him in the first place and because of his antics in Pittsburgh. And I think it, it may have or may not have all started with one blow to the head by Vontez Perfect. It seems as if that hit kind of just knocked Antonio Brown off of his, his axis of spinning. It was not a... I don't know. He just he just seemed to lose his brain after that. So he comes to the Raiders. He has a you know, my Mayock and Gruden took a, a kind of a a leap of faith and were like, if he gets in some new scenery, he's going to play better. We're going to build an offense around him. He's going to be the guy. He will like that. So that's what they did. They had a press conference. Antonio Brown came in and talked about being accountable, talked about being a good teammate and being a leader on the team and how the Raiders just needed to change their culture of winning and losing and all all of that kind of stuff. All the things you hope that he would say, right? Because that's, that's who Antonio Brown is. He says things to ignite passion in people whether it's hatred or love he says those things so the Raiders are building their offense around Antonio Brown they give him an extension and then all these rumblings start to come out Antonio Brown's not showing up for practices okay they're not mandatory they're off-season practices he doesn't need to be there he's Antonio Brown right I mean he's He's one of the greatest receivers to play in the past decade, if not the greatest. And then you start hearing, well, he's not showing up because his feet were frozen in France when some idiot put him in a cryo chamber without the proper footwear. So he's got like the bottom of his feet were peeling off like they were dead. It was dead tissue. They're peeling off. They're like, he's not practicing because of his feet. Oh, okay. All right. At this point, Raiders fans were kind of like, oh, it's it's just his feet. Leave us alone. He's going to be fine. He loves it here. He loves Carr. He showed up to Carr's house. He showed up to Carr's kids' birthday parties with his kids. I mean, it was like a, a whole happy family. Roethlisberger and, and Brown never got along. And now look at Carr and Brown. They're, they're getting along just perfectly. 
So it's a match made in heaven, um, according to media, according to Raiders fans. And I'm kind of sitting in the background lurking, kind of like, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling about this. Well, lo and behold, his feet heal, Dan. And then, do you remember the problem that happened after that? Which one? Yeah. The next one was his helmet. (laughs) He had a problem with his helmet. They wouldn't let him wear the, is it shoot or shut? Air 9 or whatever model is now banned by the league because it's not safe enough. So he tries to find a newer model of the helmet, finds one. They say, no, you can't wear it. He's going through all this stuff. He finally gets himself an endorsement, gets his helmet. He's back on the field for like a couple days practicing. And then he decides to pick a fight with Mike Mayock. Calls Mike Mayock a cracker, according to people, sources that were there on the field, and tries to fight Mike Mayock, has several teammates, including Vontez Perfect, being the voice of reason, pulling him away from Mike Mayock, and the man just loses it, punts the ball, there's video of it, you can go look it up, it's all there. He demands then... Then he releases a a YouTube video of he and John Gruden talking on the phone. And John Gruden says, dude, what are you doing? Let's just play football. Come on, man. Like, let's just play football. And John Gruden's like in his back pocket. Like, like John Gruden is his biggest advocate the whole time. Let's just play football, Antonio. Let's just, let's just, you know, get on the field and let's play. And so he travel like, he had traveled to one game, a preseason game in Arizona with the team. Didn't dress down. He's on the sideline schmoozing with people. He's hanging out with Richie Incognito, who was another questionable signing for the Raiders this this offseason, but actually he does panned have an amazing out. Amazing free agent. Class yeah, last yeah. Year. Vontez Incognito, Antonio Brown, uh, Vontez just as a side note, was suspended the rest of the season after like week, it was a 12 game suspension. And then, but you know what? Richie Incognito, he's been a, a model yeah. citizen. So I, I, he panned out. I salute I, I think him. Perfect deserved the suspension though. Perfect to say, I don't know that he deserved 12 games, but I thought that was a little stiff, but uh, yeah, led with the helmet. You, you knew it was coming as soon as, you know, as soon as he dropped his helmet down, you're like, yep, that's a suspension and a fine. I didn't think it'd be 12 games, um, but it is what it is. Sorry, I'm getting a little dry mouth over here. All of the shenanigans that were going on. So back to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown puts out this YouTube video. Uh, seems like he, then he puts out a YouTube video of him jumping into the black hole with, you know, no fans. Seems like everything's smoothed over. And then one fateful morning or one fateful evening, I, I can't remember, he texts Mark Davis and says, Mark Davis, I want released. I want out of here. I want nothing to do with the Raiders. I want out. Mind you, the Raiders had just given him, it was over $50 million guaranteed 
I think it was 54 or 56 million dollars guaranteed. Uh, 17. Five that he walked away. Was from. it 35? Maybe the whole maybe the whole deal was 56 if he got the whole contract. So 35 million, 17 million I know was guaranteed this year on his deal. 17 million dollars guaranteed. He had a signing bonus that was due to him. But because he couldn't keep his mouth shut for three days, they released him and they didn't have to pay him. Because in his contract, which he obviously didn't read and Drew Rosenhaus didn't think to tell him or something, he probably just didn't listen. But he lost out on $17 million guaranteed from the Raiders. Walked out on it. $35 million, I guess, if you know, if we're going that, that route. Walks away from it because the Raiders release him. And then he goes, and I think he did what he wanted to do the whole entire time. And this is just Tyler's theory. I think he wanted to go from the Steelers to the Patriots where he ended up. I think that's where he wanted to end up the whole time. And that's just a theory I have. I could be completely wrong, but it all of a sudden, after about two hours of being released and him releasing this video of him saying, Grandma, I'm free, I'm free, and go running around his backyard like the Raiders had held him captive like a slave, he signs like mysteriously with the New England Patriots. Just they they just go out and sign him all of a sudden, like there was no corroboration or anything there. Baloney. I'm calling a, a, a uh, I'm throwing a, a challenge flag on that because for sure they were talking while he was still with the Raiders. They had to have been. That takes us to where he's at now or where he was at with the Patriots. I think he played one game there. His helmet was never an issue. He lost that helmet endorsement, by the way. So his his helmet was fine. That wasn't the issue. I think he just wanted out of Oakland because I don't think he... I, I don't know why. It, whether it was Carr or the offense or Gruden, it could all be said that maybe it was all three of them. I don't know. Can I jump in here? Oh, yeah, go for put it. Put in a theory? Okay. So... I'll tell you what I think happened at first and then kind of it evolved into what you were kind of saying. I think by the end of him being in Oakland, he did know that he, if he could get released, he would be a free agent and then he wanted to sign with New England. So whether or not they had a deal in place, I think that's what his goal was going to be at the end of the Oakland saga. But what I kind of think happened was he thought he was hot shit and smart because he got traded from Pittsburgh. He got to Oakland he accepted going out there. You know, he was excited. It was a new team. He was going to do whatever he wanted. He got a new contract. But then when I think it came time to actually become part of that team, I think he immediately regretted asking for a trade from Pittsburgh. I think he realized that, like, he had it pretty damn good with Mike Tomlin. Yeah, because Tomlin let him do whatever shut, he wanted to do, it seems like. like as long as he produced, produced on the field. Tomlin should get like But there's the, nothing wrong the with peace, that. That's been going on for the years. The Nobel Peace Prize. Right? Jimmy Johnson did that with his players. And he won you know, two Super Bowls in, what, four or five years of him being in Dallas? I mean, 
So good coaches understand that you have to let some of these guys get away with some stuff because sometimes they're really talented, but they're a little crazy. So just make sure they're not doing anything significant, but kind of let them do what they want to do. They want to show up late. They want to talk out of line. They want to do this or that. They get away with that. I think he realized when he started to have to come to the meetings, because I remember the very first episode of Hard Knocks, and I told you that right after I saw it, I was like, he doesn't want to be in Oakland because he was standing by the door while they were having a meeting in an auditorium. And it looked like he was being forced to be there. He looked very uneasy and he didn't look like he had any interest in participating. And I think that he regretted being traded from Pittsburgh. And then I think as you know, the helmet came in and he's like, Oh good. This is something that I can threaten to, to stop playing over. Then that kind of got resolved. And he just picks a fight with Mike Mayock because maybe Mike Mayock, I don't know, was bothering him. I know he fined him 54 grand. Yeah, that was, that was another part of it is he fined him and they, he posted that he made sure to post that to his Instagram page. But I think he had maybe some, some like warnings, you know, I think that Mayock and Gruden handled him differently and he didn't like it. And then after he had that fight with Mayock or tried to fight Mayock, it got to the point where somebody around him, maybe himself, he realized like, look, I can get released here and they don't have to pay me anything. Or, or I, I think that he thought that he was going to get the bonus. Right. He thought he was going to get like, something. He's not, he's like thinking like, man, if I can just get out of here, I can get paid what they're going to pay me and I can get paid what somebody else is going to pay me. I'm so smart. And then, of course, he wanted to go to New England. So, but my, I do think at first he he regretted leaving Pittsburgh. I think that's kind of what happened. And I think that I wanted to jump back to the perfect hit. I think that whole theory is, I don't believe it at all. I think that if anything, it was the 27 contract extension that got into his head. <laughs> that changed who he was for the worse. But go ahead. So he's in New England. He's... What is he doing? Is he sending threatening text messages yet? Um, I don't remember if he's th- sending threatening text me- Well, so he gets to New England, right? And he plays in one game, had several catches for like 54 yards and a touchdown. Helmet's not a problem. Well, then it all comes out that he, uh, he, he, I can't, I can't, she accused him of rape, right? It was his former trainer accused him of one night. He raped her apparently. And then another time he, uh, exposed himself. Yeah. And while they were like supposedly doing Bible study, he like exposed Mm -hmm. himself and did other things as well that I, I shan't repeat. Um, and, and so that comes out. And the Patriots are like, Bill Belichick, I'm sure, was just like, gosh, dang it, Antonio, I told you this is the Patriot way, and you're going to do things right. And you're, and it makes me kind of wonder, too, and, and I'm going off on a tangent here, if he would have lasted in New England, could he have got a, like abided by those rules? Or eventually, would he have rubbed everyone in that organization raw? What do you, What do you think? I think that the longest that they would have tolerated him would have been one season if they were just dominating. If they were dominating with him on offense, I think Belichick could have. I mean, 
these sexual assault allegations and rape allegations, that's some serious shit, right? Yeah, there. it is. That's like life in prison, which believe it or not, that's what he can face maximally right now. With the burglary. Oh, and the battery. Yeah. He could face life in prison. But anyway, rape is like a life in prison thing. It's no joke. And so I, I don't know, like if it wasn't for that. And then of course, he had a, there was an artist that did some painting for him. Apparently he exposed himself to yep, her as well. That's right. Um, and she was the one that after the Patriots met with him, they told him to just keep quiet. Don't do it. You know, they'll, they'll try to work with him. I think they would have kept him in, except he decided to send threatening text messages and emails to the artist, that. I believe. And Apparently, it was assumed that he was threatening her children or there were pictures of his, her children with the threatening messages, something along those lines. The Patriots cut him after 13 days on the team. Yep. So then he gets... And then he went ape shit. <laughs> that, is, that is putting it lightly. Uh, all of a sudden, like, I just had to block him on my Twitter feed because it just, like, every day was something new. But then it's kind of like that train wreck where you're like you go buy it and you're like i gotta stop and look at that because even though he was blocked you know the raiders fans were just you know they're ruthless i'm sure steve i don't know what steelers fans were like but i if there was ever anything that brought steelers and raiders fans together it was this antonio clown is a clown like what an absolute idiot because he's just gone and ruined a, a could have been, I mean, if you look at his numbers, even if he goes to Oakland and doesn't do like great, he's still probably a Hall of Famer just because of what his production was in Pittsburgh. And I'm not taking that away from the guy, but the guy's an idiot. Like he just, he couldn't, he could not keep his hands off of his phone and apparently the cops have been called to his house several times because his baby mama is, you know, I mean, there's, there's one video of him that, I mean, he's, he's gotta be on something. His voice is all raspy. He's yelling at the cops and yelling profanities and like right in front of his kids. And that's happened a couple of times. That's not just a one time deal. They've been to his house like, almost every week it seems like and and his thing is Dan is they're trying to defame me they're trying to make my name bad they're trying to take away my freedom and they're trying to take away this and that and I'm not gonna date any more white girls and and he released a rap album called no more white woman <laughs> like and I'm just like an and he's and he's like recording videos and stuff all in his Hollywood Florida home and then it, I mean, it just like gets weirder and weirder. So he's like, he calls out Robert Kraft and says, if Robert Kraft were a black man or a player, he'd be ousted from the league. But because he's white, he can go down to South Florida and hang out at massage parlors that end in happy endings. Like he's calling out Robert Kraft. And then like two days later, Drew Rosenhaus crafts these tweets and apologies for him. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, blah, blah, blah. And then one day he's done with the NFL, and the next day he wants to play again. And then, I mean, he's just, like, showing signs of mental instability and sickness 
all over the place. It's it's crazy. I mean, he is literally crazy, which brings us. I mean, I I, I there's so much stuff. Uh, is did I forget any important things in that breakdown there? Um, I mean, we we definitely. We covered the NFL side. The only thing that we didn't cover for NFL side was that he did have a tryout for the That's New right. Saints. That's right. And he messed that up because they told him, don't bring your buddies with all of their camera crews and stuff. And guess what he does? He brings his buddies with their camera crew. And then he calls the NFL a farce when he doesn't abide by their rules. It's like, good grief, man. Take some responsibility for yourself. And not that he may would have probably played because he's still on the um, commissioner's exempt list. Is that what it's called? Or the I don't think like he's that. on it. He, he would have he been will put be placed on it. on it if he's signed. Yeah, yeah, he would have been put on it had he signed. But let's whether he realizes it or not, he's going to be put on it next year if he signs it anywhere anyway. Right until those rape allegations but, are gone, and now there's new yeah, stuff. I, Fill us in on the new stuff. Yeah. So apparently he was at his house with his trainer, Glenn Holt, who I believe was also an NFL player uh, in the past. Um, A moving truck was bringing some furniture of his from California, I believe. And um, Antonio Brown didn't want to pay, what, like $4,000 for his furniture? Yeah, something like that. He was at his his retarded – I shouldn't say that, but – it basically is his retarded rap concert a couple of days earlier, throwing money on stage because that's what cool people do. Cool people don't collect money. They throw it. I don't, I don't know. But um, he can't pay this mover. So he the mover says he's going to leave. So he leaves. Antonio Brown throws a rock at the car or the moving truck. Then Antonio Brown calls the company, tells them he decided that, okay, now I will pay. And so they send the driver back out, but they tell Antonio Brown it's going to be another $860, which is a lot of money to a football player that signed millions of dollar contracts. So Antonio Brown said, fuck that. When the guy came back, he jumps in the cab with the guy. I don't know. It's it's really hard to find the truth of what happened. Did he grab the guy's shirt? Did he hit him? I'm not sure. But then Antonio Brown and his trainer, Glenn Holt, got into the back of the moving trucks started taking stuff out even though they hadn't paid the guy and from what i understand they took out furniture that didn't belong to them and that's how he got that's a burglary, the burglary charge. charge interesting yeah. but he got a felony battery charge for assaulting the driver and i believe there's something else i just can't remember what it is um i think there's one more charge i thought it was just the burglary and the Assault or burglary and and battery, battery and burglary. Yeah, it, but I'm thinking that there was one more thing. Let's see here. But regardless, he uh, had to turn himself in. He tried to lock himself in the house that day. His trainer got arrested. Um, he got bailed out, charged with felony burglary, felony battery. So Antonio Brown turns himself in last night, and. He gets out today on a $110,000 bail, and he had his guns taken away, his passport's taken away. He's having to do drug and alcohol testing, so his cocaine party has to stop. And um, 
the judge also ordered that? that he undergo a mental uh, evaluation. Okay. So the last charge was criminal mischief. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's where he is today. He walked out of uh, the court or out of jail with his lawyer, and his lawyer advised him not to say a word. He ran the wrong direction in the parking lot, and then, like, I, I don't know. He, he was in, like, a baby blue suit from, like, the 1970s. It's probably cost more than my, like, whole, like, all of my cars and everything combined. But it, it's this ugly suit with, like, a green zip-up hoodie underneath it. Or did you see the emblem on the I suit? I did not. Did you see what it no. was? It was a heart with a knife through it, like a dagger through my heart. Oh. I don't know what the hell he was. I don't know what if there's a, a meaning to that or not. Like his his baby mamas stabbed him in the heart or Oh, we forgot one, Dan. We forgot one. Drew Rosenhaus finally dropped this guy off of He's like you get help or or we're done. And he said, no, Drew Rosenhaus, I don't need any help. And Drew Rosenhaus said, okay, you bum, I'm done with you. And uh, Drew Rosenhaus, his, his now former agent, was like... So what do you think about that? Well... Do you think Drew Rosenhaus did him dirty? No. Rosenhaus held on, long on, held on to that idiot for as long as I think he could. Like, I think, if anything, Drew Rosenhaus should have dropped him a long time ago. And, but I think he was trying t- because he makes a lot of money off Antonio Brown. Let's just be honest. Yeah. He, but there's other sports journalists that are bitching and complaining because he said that he was releasing him conditionally. But if you really think about it, I mean, of course, why wouldn't you say conditionally? You're going to just be harsh. Like, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care about your future. Goodbye. You know? Yeah. At least he I, said it was like, help you know, get some help and you I can come I think he's back. trying to like, sh- like get him to rock bottom so that he stops being stupid. A cokehead. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know how many more binges or trips to jail like he needs, but like he, Seriously, if we're talking about the human being, he needs help. We're just, I mean, I don't like to see people like this. Do I think he deserves it? Yeah, I do. Because he's treated everybody... I mean, he, he's he, he's treated everybody poorly. But is that because he, he has... has and that's, is that because of so let me mental tell you the, stuff? The theory that I kind of have. I don't know what it is, but there's this there's this thing where everybody's feeling so sorry for him. But I have this other viewpoint that I'd like to explain where I'm kind of like you were saying how like you're watching the train crash or something like that. And, you know, you want to see what it looks like. Well, in this instance, it's almost like I'm rooting for him to fuck up more because he's made this situation where he's got everybody pretty much hating him. He's doing stuff that's so stupid and so public so often that everybody's just constantly shaking their head. He's like created this show where he's the star of the show and no one in their right mind should want to be the star of that show because it's like a fucking slapstick. It's like some (laughs) stupid story 
where it's like, oh, come on. He didn't do that, too. Like, I mean, if, if you told me a year ago some of the stuff that he did, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. You know, like, I mean, you wouldn't possibly believe this. It's too good to be true type stuff. And uh, his whole social media personality has made it those so that a lot of people, I think, have that viewpoint. I kind of feel that way. Like, he does something, I'm kind of laughing, like, really? Like, really, man? So he's kind of put a lot of this focus on himself and I don't think he realizes that it's not cool what he's doing. It's not like, it's not making him more popular. He looks like a complete jackass and he's got people rooting for him to fail now because he's been such a jackass and he keeps showing how much of an idiot he is talking trash to the cops. I mean, those cops had every right to come over there and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> There's no he reason that they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I would have woken him up. Then I might have started believing about the brain damage stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I just, I think that he's turned himself into like this comic character. That's just, people are just like shaking their head. Like, Oh my God, what did this guy do now? And it's kind of almost humorous at this point. Cause it's really like, you can't just sit around and behave yourself. You're a millionaire. You're not a rapper. Like, I don't know who in this world wants to pay money to hear him rap, but those people should really be looking I hope that it's just to like hear the train wreck and be like, yeah, I'm going to pay for this to be, but go out like on LimeWire and download it illegally or or Napster. Go on YouTube or something. I mean, come on. But yeah, like, I mean, seriously, if there are people out there buying his albums and if they have a Le'Veon Bell album, I mean, those people need to be watched very closely because they're not sane people. They're not normal people. They're capable of anything. <laughs> no. No, they're not. It. So what do you think happens to Antonio Brown? Where do you think this is headed? Uh, I don't – honestly, I don't think he gets it. I, I, whether he doesn't want to get it or he just doesn't get it because he's mentally ill – I just, I don't think he gets it. Like, I, did you see, have you seen the video going around of Delonte West and what his life yes. has turned into? I think if Antonio yes. Brown doesn't get help, eventually that's where he's going to end up. Like, maybe not quite that bad because Delonte West, if, if anybody can help him, like, please go do it. And uh, I know that there's been some some pro basketball players who have vowed to, and Des Bryant I think is one of them too that has vowed to go find him and get him some help, um, whether he likes it or not. And so I mean that's a that's a tragic story. You hate I mean you hate to see stuff like that. But I I don't think Antonio Brown can really redeem himself in the NFL. After doing this, I think he has sabotaged his own career. I don't see teams signing this guy. Like, I just, I don't think they want to put up with the circus. And I think that if he's able to, if he's able to get to free agency period, like late free agency period, post draft, like beginning a training camp without another arrest or one of those rape allegations sticking. I 
think, unfortunately, somebody's probably going to try to bring But that's a big if. Like, I mean, seriously, his Twitter account and, and Instagram are just breeding grounds for stupidity. That's the problem is he, he can't he can't help himself but be stupid right now. If he maybe if he does get some help and he realizes like, wow, I was an idiot. Um, I don't know that he has the humbleness in his heart to do that. I think his ego won't let him do that. But I mean, can the guy still play? Probably. He looks like he's still in really good shape. Um, you know, and if some team could be like, yeah, we'll give you a cheap one-year prove-it contract. I think you're right. They probably would sign him, but I think that's a big if because it seems about, like we talked about before, there's this pattern of behavior where he gets it to, and maybe maybe Rosenhaus was that pattern of behavior of, okay, Antonio, look, this is what you're doing, and this is how you messed up. Let me try to rectify this situation. He doesn't have that anymore. All he has are his cronies that give him everything that he wants, do everything that he asks, or they do everything that he asks them to do. He's they're just his yes men. And I don't, yeah. that's not helping him. He needs a person to say, no, Antonio, like go get some mental help, go get checked out, go get an evaluation, go take care of yourself. But they're just doing it because, you know, he probably gives them money and cocaine and whatever else they want. Buffalo juice. I don't know. It's true. But <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard for it. I guess from my point of view, it's hard for me to see an owner just being like, yes, go sign Antonio Brown. It, it just, after all of this stuff, I, it's hard for me to say somebody goes and signs him. It, would he help a team? Yes. Um, but I think he would have a meltdown at some point early in the season in the first third of the yeah, season. I mean, if, if Tomlin isn't there to coddle him to an and baby him, who's people don't want to put up with that type of stuff. I don't think, like I said, that, Tomlin that, should be given the Nobel peace prize. Say that. He, maybe he should. And I think that there's this very remote chance that if, Antonio Brown somehow can prove he's like a saint for a few years or something. And he can, I don't know, produce a little bit, not maybe what he once was, but I think Pittsburgh might be one of the only places that he could possibly ever end up again. If he can have some sort of, you know, redemption bearing of the hatchet type of a thing. Cause they're a place that might reach out to try and help him get his life back together because they think he fell apart. But it, I mean, that's really remote, but it would be something Steeler like, and this, but this would be a, a year or two down the road. But does he have a year or two? How old you is know, he? 31, 32, 30, 31 or 32. Yeah. So I, I think that, yeah. Would you sign an older receiver, 35, 36, 37 years old for like one year? to help out with like a young group, you probably would. Do you You're not want him around a young group? I mean, I guess if he's clean for it a couple of years. It depends how much he's changed. I mean, Michael Vick was, you know, everybody hated Michael Vick, and now people applaud him for his change in life and things like that. So people can redeem themselves. It's just a matter of are the allegations against him true? If they are, then that's off the table completely. If he gets accused or, or guilty of this civil lawsuit, that's just going to pretty much slam the book on him. But 
outside of the NFL, do you think he's on like a cinematic downfall? Like he's going to go out like getting killed or killing somebody or doing something Aaron Hernandez like, or is he just going to crash and burn into drugs and alcohol? I think if he keeps on this path, yeah. I, I don't know that he kills anybody, yeah. but like I, I and I I don't know that he goes Aaron Hernandez on anybody, but I I don't I don't see this ending well. I mean, the other day when he was locked inside his house, I was kind of waiting for like SWAT team or negotiators or at Antonio Brown's house to keep him from committing suicide or something like something of that nature. I was kind of surprised that he turned himself in and I don't know who got him to turn himself in, but he locked himself in his house. I kind of didn't see that ending well. Um, and I was wrong. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, you never know with people, people can change and I, for his sake, I hope he does, and for his kids' sake, I hope that he does change. Yeah. But whether that happens or not, his pattern in the past year or so does not lead me to believe that that's maybe two years, does not lead me to believe that that's something he can or is willing to do is is change. What are your thoughts? No, I don't. I, I think that a big part of all of his problem is that he's just extremely immature and has a bad upbringing and just is reacting like a huge child to a bunch of this stuff. Um, I think he needs to like really kind of find himself, get away from everything. One of those like life trips, you know, go to Africa or some, some crazy <laughs> thing like that. And, Do a uh, Dave um, Chappelle trip or something something like that, find yourself, get away from the public eye. And I think that that is not that that's what he's going to do, but at some point, once, once his playing career is gone, he's going to do a couple more stupid things. He might be one of these guys like it's in and out of jail for five, 10 years. And then he's just going to fall off the face of the planet for media. Nobody's going to care anymore. He's going to be a huge what if story. It's going to be a really interesting thirty for thirty. 30, for 30. Yes. What if yeah. I were to tell you? But I, I think that's where it's going. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's close the book on Antonio Brown for the evening. Amen. So now, all right, we have the Chiefs and the Forty ers in the Super Bowl in about a week weeks time. We do. What we do. What are your? I hate the Chiefs, and so I. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not from Oakland. Uh, apparently, uh, see, I was born and raised in Idaho. I didn't know that there was this big Oakland-San Francisco rivalry until I was pro- probably about oh, yeah. five or six, I don't know, maybe ten years ago. I was like, oh, that sucks because I cheered for both teams when I was I was growing up. I might get I might get killed for saying things like that, but um, no, I like. I didn't realize that because I didn't grow up in the Bay. I didn't, you know, I just mm. grew up in Idaho and I cheered for the Raiders. And then I was like, oh, the 49ers in the same area. They're in the NFC. Who cares? And uh, so this weekend finds me a 49ers fan. Um, maybe not a mm. fan, but cheering, I guess, for them to beat the Chiefs, who I can't stand at all. Um, and... 
whether that happens I not or not, I guess we will get into breaking that game down. Who do you find yourself a fan of of either team or are you just watching and hoping for a good game? I'm not a fan of either of these teams. But um I think that the 49ers defensive line is basically epic. I, <laughs> I think that Nick Bosa is having I – mean, he's just an animal right now. He's playing like a savage. And the other guys like DeForest – this is DeForest yep. Buckner. Buckner, Eric okay. Armstead, Solomon Thomas. That line is yeah, I mean, these guys is are nasty. vicious, man. And – the number one thing to slow down a hot quarterback is to get pressure on him with four people. Yep. And I really believe the 49ers are going to be up Mahomes' ass the whole game. I think that it's going to be Mahomes' biggest test of his career by far because it's the Super Bowl. This 49ers team is hot. You know, that defensive line is... It's going to be crazy. I think the game plan that Kyle Shanahan can help put together, even for his defense, because I'm sure he picked apart what the Chiefs have done on offense. He's watching all that, and then he's coming up with his offensive scheme too. Um, one of the things for the 49ers, I think I, I, people are acting like Jimmy Garoppolo can't play. I'm not saying he's fantastic, but it's almost like an ace up the sleeve because he threw like seven or eight passes in the last game. You know, he didn't really have to come out and do anything, but they've got Emmanuel Sanders. Um, who are the other receivers on they the team? Had a, think. Debo they, Samuel. Got De- yeah, Debo, the second-round pick, was he is mm. dang good. I, I know that they spent a pick on the kid out of Washington. I can't. He was uh, fast, but I, I think he's on injured reserve. I, I don't know who. They've got George Kittle. Who's a great? Oh yeah, he's Kittle. a great tight end. So I think that, and I mean, there have been games this year where Garoppolo has put up three hundred yeah, yards. I think against the Saints. I mean, they had a shootout against the Saints, and and so, so I mean, he he can throw the ball. He it's not like he can't. Yeah, I, I I think that there's a very good chance that this comes down to like a field goal. This is a, like an extremely close game. I don't think th- I think people are thinking that the Chiefs are going to go out there and just throw the ball all over the 49ers. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen that way. No, and there's going to be a, a slower, lower scoring game. And the reason is, as you already mentioned it, is that defensive line can get pressure with four guys. If you look at the game against Tennessee, Tennessee was trying to create pressure with three guys against the Chiefs line. Now I. I watched the Chiefs line. It's better this year than it has been in the past, but their offensive line is not great. I think I yeah. think and one of my favorite human beings in Terrell Suggs is now on the Yes, Chiefs. I'm sure he's awesome at life. <laughs> uh but like I think Boza will eat Eric Fisher's lunch uh at at the left tackle. Um and the right tackle's not great. Um, the in, I, I just, you know, that's, I think that's the key is, and the, and the linebacker, just the front seven in general, you've got those, yeah. you know, the, the line that they, I, I don't know their exact starters, but their defensive line, they've spent like three or four years worth of number one or of first round picks 
on the defensive line, and it shows. Like, those guys can play. And then they've spent uh, – there's a – there's Quan Alexander, who they signed from the Buccaneers. He's back, and he's fast, and he can cover. You've got Fred Warner, a second-year player out of BYU, who's fast. He's come into his own at linebacker. They drafted a guy last year out of some small school. I can't remember. Greenlaw is his last name. He's a linebacker, but he's played very well um, this year as a rookie as well. And so... Like we already mentioned, Debo Samuel, Joey Bo, no, Nick Boza. Sorry, Joey's in in uh, Los Angeles. But anyway, those all those all those guys. I think they can match up with Kittle and at least contain or not Kittle Kelsey. I'm sorry, they can (laughs) they can match up. They they can match up with Kelsey fairly well. Um, Maybe not size wise, but height and quickness which other teams in the league don't have as much of. Uh, they have a decent they have a decent uh, secondary. The thing that that I'm worried about maybe is the speed of Kansas City. It seems like they just play at a different speed and another notch. They've so got Nicole Hardman that can beat you deep, but I think he's injured. Um, and then they've got Tyreek Hill who breaks his children's arms and shouldn't be playing anyways, but he can take the top off of a defense. He's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, he's a great example. And um, Sammy Watkins, like he he's not who we thought he would be coming out of Clemson, but he's still a serviceable wide receiver. It's not like he's terrible. Um, so they've got a lot of weapons. And then they've got uh, their running backs – that that uh, are pretty dang good too, but I really think it's that front seven for the 49ers who set the ta- who set the tone of the game early. If they can get to Mahomes, create pressure, make make him uncomfortable. Unlike the Titans who rushed three and he just uh, Mahomes just either ran and torched him or he was able to sit back there all day. And just throw the ball wherever that's he wanted. That's the point to. that I wanted to make. That, that's the point that I wanted to make while you're segue perfectly. So that Titans defensive line played like complete trash last weekend. They didn't get any rush on him. He was sitting back there, able to pick them apart. I think the thing that to beat speed at the receiver position, you have to have pass rush at the defensive line. Absolutely. Position. I think that that's why it's a perfect matchup because that speed is only so good, but it, you have to hold onto the ball for three to five seconds for that speed to really make that difference. Right. If you're getting, if you're getting to the quarterback in three seconds, that means that he's having to move almost immediately after snapping the ball. He has to see where the rush is coming from and adjust where he stands. He's not going to be able to make that three to five second drop. He has to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And that speed can kind of be, you know, held in a little bit or put in check. Yep. And I don't uh, think, and they have I don't think that they're relative secondary. <clears throat> What's that? They have a relatively good secondary, yeah, decent secondary. I, I don't yeah. think, <clears throat> I don't think that, um, uh, what was, Oh, the, the 49ers, <clears throat> as far as their defensive line, I think that they are disciplined enough as well to contain Mahomes 
in the pocket. Like they're not just going to let him run around. My guess is they probably have a spy on him. They play this guy named Russell Wilson two times a year. Um, my guess is they probably kind of come up with something similar of how they stop Wilson to to stop Mahomes because um, you know I would say that Wilson's a right now is a a better quarterback than Mahomes is, but Mahomes has a better arm. Like they both have good yes. arms, but Mahomes does unreal things. He has arm talent out the wazoo, as they say, um, or maybe I just say that, but. He's, I just, I feel like they have, they can stop Russell Wilson. I feel like they can stop Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I, because Mahomes isn't as, I, I don't think he's as gifted with his legs. He's quick, but he's not as gifted with his legs um, as a Russell Wilson is at this point in, in Wilson's career. He, he might get that way, but I, I feel like that's one thing that, that gives maybe an advantage to the 49ers that people don't think about is they play against Wilson twice a year. They, they can keep him, you know, from making 50 yard runs. If they can keep Mahomes to like 20 yards rushing on the game and, and maybe he does have a big game. Maybe he does go for over 300 yards passing, but if they can, if they can keep them, keep Mahomes from beating them with his legs, uh, and get pressure on him, that makes that game a little bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, I think that it puts Mahomes in a position where if he's going to win the Super Bowl, he's going to do it late, and it's going to be like his talent basically creating the scores. Um, he's going to have to beat the 49ers with his arm, literally. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen because I think Garoppolo's a bit of a – Question mark, the biggest question mark there. But another factor that we haven't talked about is the coaching. I touched on it a little bit. I think Kyle Shanahan is just out of this world with his philosophy, his concepts, and the way that he coaches his team. Um, Andy Reid, he's had a track record of getting close and not getting it done. It's just another one of those circumstances. It's hard to say. They didn't when he was with the Eagles. They went to the Super Bowl, but they didn't win, did they? Now some fucking team from Boston. Oh, yeah. or, I don't know. I can't remember their names because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the Eagles did win, he was in Kansas City because that was like Doug Peterson yeah. and and yes, what uh, Frank Reich uh, that won yep. there. So yeah, he he does. You, I thought, I I don't know. I I didn't think that the Chiefs were going to make it to the Super Bowl because Andy Reid always chokes in the playoffs. They've made it to the Super Bowl. I really hope that I don't have to watch them win a Super Bowl. Um, But you know, as far as I think, one guy that has gone kind of underappreciated, maybe in the media at least. Um, is Robert Sala, I think is how you say his name. It's the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He's done a pretty dang good job all year long of, of you know, even with injuries to, to uh, Quan Alexander. He's had, they've had a great season as far as defense. Um, and it's going to take a really great game plan 
uh, from him, from Shanahan. I'm not so concerned about Shanahan's game plan against the Chiefs defense because I don't think the Chiefs defense is that great. Um, they're not that, I mean, if Chris Jones is, Chris Jones was back in the last game, they did stop Derrick Henry, but it wasn't like, it seemed like Tennessee was playing from behind, so they relied on Tannehill, and we saw what happened with that. You can't. They got away from yep, who they were. They, they are a run-first team for sure, and they had to play catch-up, and they couldn't do it. And with, you know, with Tannehill, uh, <clears throat> you're, you're not going to come back against thing against Patrick Mahomes running the football. So, and their defense was atrocious. I think this is going to be a completely different game. Uh, Shanahan will be able to scheme points up against that Chiefs defense with the run game, with the pass game, with jet sweeps to Debo Samuel with Here's this an interesting thing. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders didn't catch a pass last week and I don't know that he I think he's caught a, only a couple passes all playoff long like they've just been running well, they haven't yeah, had yeah they just yeah, been running the snot out of people um and so Brita barely played last yep. week Brita their other running back so yep that's the thing is like I, I I don't know what to expect out of 49ers offense because Shanahan changes around when he does yep. But and that's and that's not a bad that, that, that's I, a great thing. It may it, that's yeah. that's what it's going to take is some some ingenuity. I think the Chiefs. I saw yeah. the line <clears throat> was like a point and a half. So Vegas knows that this mm. is going to be a close game, and Vegas odds are pretty. I don't know how they do it, but they come pretty stinking close every time. It's they're they're usually not far off. So it's kind of pretty much just a pick 'em game. At this point, <clears throat> so what's your final score? Um, that's a good question. I had never thought about a final score. I think that the 49ers will win. Um, I think I think the 49ers can put up like 31 points on them, and I would say that it's probably like 31, 24, maybe something like that. The 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 49ers get a couple stops in the fourth quarter. And, and maybe Mahomes goes and gets a, a late touchdown. They fail an onside kick just to make it interesting. I think I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think the 49ers win by like a touchdown, maybe even like three or four points. Um, but I would say like 31, maybe we'll go like 31-24. Yeah, 31-24. I like that score. Okay. I'm I'm thinking that it's going to be low scoring. I'm thinking it's going to be 20 to 17. Um, a field goal is going to win it, but I agree. I think the 49ers are going to win the game and which will be great because uh, Garoppolo was traded from that terrible team up in Connecticut and it would be great to rub that in their faces. Yes, it would be like, here's your future on another team, son. While your other future is like, you don't know if he's back next year. He's too old to be a future. He's going to be in Las Vegas is what everybody says. So Going back to the future. Let's. Uh, I, I want to read this because yeah. I found it very interesting. Something my friend sent me earlier today that bodes well for the 49ers. I don't know if you saw this or not, um, but the Raiders move to Las Vegas may portend 49ers victory. 
If you're looking for an omen for next month's Super Bowl, look no further than the Raiders' move to Las Vegas. The last two seasons before the Raiders franchise moved, the San Francisco 49ers won the Super Bowl. In 1981, the Raiders were 7-9. They played their final season in Oakland before they went to Los Angeles. The 49ers won Super Bowl, I think it's 16, XVI, 16, over the Bengals. In 94, the Raiders were 9-7 before they went back to Los Angeles. Or, or to Oakland, I'm sorry. The 49ers won Super Bowl 29 over the Chargers. And then in 2019, the Raiders are 7-9. and nine. They're playing their final season in Oakland before they go to Vegas. The 49ers find themselves in the Super Bowl. Can they make it 3-for-3 three three on that? Just a that's pretty interesting. Pretty, and they're all <laughs> records are all like a 7-9, and a nine, and they're 7-9 this year. So, so is it like God hates Al Davis or something because the team is across the the bay? So <laughs> he's like Al, you should have never left Oakland. Here's what I'm going to do. To Maybe, you. but we have a cool stadium, I guess. At least now in Las Vegas, yeah. that thing is awesome looking. So <clears throat> I'm just putting that on because, like, if there. there's anything, if there's anything that you could picture Dr. Tyler being. It's definitely not a Raiders fan and definitely not the fan of a team that's located in Las Vegas. Yes. So that's just, it's perfect. It's like, it's just I'm like the, the anti Raider is what I really am <laughs> in life. So I don't gamble. Oh boy. I don't drink or party. So, and that's what Vegas is all about. So, you know. Yeah, well, that's good that you said that because I thought we were insinuating that that's all that I do in no, my life. But <laughs> neither do you. We have to work for a living, so no. Yes, Dan's a hard worker. So, he comes from like the steel mills of of Baltimore via the Steelers <laughs> via Pittsburgh. So yeah. Anyway. So I think the 49ers win. I'm going to go put 40 large on them so I can win some money and get out of student debt. And then uh, (laughs) it's a good omen. I hope that they do win because I hate to see a division rival win. I I just, I hate the Chiefs. And people are like, oh, but if the Chiefs win, it makes the AFC West look so much more strong. And I'm like, I don't care if the AFC West looks strong. Like, I don't want my arch nemesis who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 50 years that we give crap to every time like they haven't won a Super Bowl in in forever um <clears throat> I don't want them winning <laughs> I don't want them even sniffing the Super Bowl let alone winning it so anyways I think that for any Chiefs fans I think even if they lose I, I have a feeling that this isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes only Super Bowl of his career. No, so. the 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 only thing is is he's probably going to want an extension sooner rather than later. Um oh, he's going to get paid. And he's there's talk that he's going to be the first 200 million dollar man in the NFL. I remember when that happened with Alex Rodriguez when he played I think it was when he signed with the Rangers, he he got like the first two hundred million dollar, um, but that was like a ten year deal. So you're talking two hundred million on probably a five to six, maybe eight year deal with Patrick Mahomes. That's gonna 
kill his team's ability to that's, stay competitive. That is, and I think that's why the Chiefs right now are are where they're at. It, it, it's a it's a common trend unless you're the 49ers yeah. who Garoppolo makes. I think he makes twenty three to twenty five million a year, um, and. Yes, which is fairly decent. But now, I mean, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers making 37. You're probably going to have Prescott from the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys. They're going to sign him for like 40. So then you've got Mahomes. I disagree, but let's not go there. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I would sign him for that, but I think that's what he's going to no, command. Not, I know you're not. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying like. I get the feeling that he's going to be franchised. And that may be, which that might, uh, I don't know. So, but it's the Cowboys. Yeah, let's not go there. It's, it's but, Jerry uh, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It, it only makes sense for Mahomes to be put in that. If, if Prescott makes 40 million, Mahomes has got to be making at least 40 to 44. I w- I think 44 million a year puts you at that like 200 million. I can't remember, but yeah, it's it, it's stupid. it stupid. cripples your team and we've seen that most teams where I was going with that is most teams like when the Seahawks were really good. They built their defense, they built around a rookie quarterback who just happened to be fairly decent himself, maybe more than decent. And then as soon as he signed his big contract, their Super Bowl runs ended. Um, who I mean, besides Tom Brady, I don't who isn't really that highly paid. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams that have been to the Super Bowl and who their quarterbacks were. Um, but anyway, it seems in recent years. Mahomes is a is, Matt Ryan probably had a big contract and the yeah, Falcons got to the and, Super Bowl, but they lost because they're assholes. <laughs> and that was the last time Kyle Shanahan was there. Yep, that was around the same. That was that time, wasn't it? <laughs> to some unmentioned team, uh, we shall not. Stupid Massachusetts. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. Yeah, well, yes, it's all facts. All facts. No opinions. All facts. Just straight facts. So we're, we're telling you the way the world's going to be. So you can thank yes, us. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's all I've got for this evening. How about yourself? Yeah. No, I think let's just tell the fans we'll be recording another session in July. Most yeah, likely. <laughs> we'll try to keep, we'll try to get it to like four. Well, twice a year. Well, let's try like for May, we'll get it to five months, maybe instead of four months instead of six months but our listeners can hibernate once more and and we shall return shall return stronger and better than ever so all (laughs) right sir you have a a good evening thanks for taking a listen thanks for sticking around for the past six months and uh hopefully we can get this working a little bit more smoothly here in now that dan's all settled in it's my turn to not be settled in so we'll see how that goes but thank you for listening have a yep. have a wonderful time and stay safe don't drink and drive during the don't Super do Bowl. that don't be and brown. don't don't pull an antonio brown yes don't be like antonio brown kids don't, it's just gonna ruin your don't life do it peace out <laughs> just don't just don't do it <laughs>